Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome back to Pre-Market Prep. Who's ready to continue this week? Let's take a look at what we got today. Turnaround Tuesday, we're calling it. We'll take a look at the meme stocks at it again. Best Buy, Baidu, Big Lots, earnings. We'll take a look at First Solar announcing a 1.2 billion new solar panel manufacturing facility in the U.S. We'll take a look at Kathy Wood-led ARK Invest taking a position in CDNA. The outlook today that we got, of course, on that comes from the revenue expectations. That's what Kathy saw We'll take a look at uranium stocks, Lucid, Netflix, Jolt's job opening coming at 10 a.m. We got our special guest, Jay Woods, chief market strategist at Drive Wealth and New York Stock Exchange executive floor governor. Let's dive into pre-market prep and get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right. How we doing, Joel? How we doing? We're doing well, man. Up 27 and a quarter handles, 40, 58, 50. We talked about going green for the week all yesterday morning. That's 59.50. That's the battleground right here. Yeah, we've been up to 72.75, but haven't proved to me you can hold that close from Friday. 
Crude up again, down again, down 283, 94.18. Gold slipping closer to 1700, down 610 at 1743.60. Silver down a, down a dime, 1857. Bitcoin clinging to support up 340 at 20,3305. And Ethereum futures, they're up 5650 at 1571.50. All right, let's bring on Triple D and Triple D. I want some non-investment investment advice. What do you got? What do you need? Okay. So so yesterday, you know, uh Mitch and you was was asking me, you know, what's you know, what's a catalyst? What's the what's the bull like what's the bull thesis down here? Yeah. And you know, you can talk technicals and 50% and support and resistance, but we know that that really doesn't matter in the whole scheme of things, right? The fundamentals, interest rates, what what if there's a positive catalyst out there that no one's really paying attention to? What is it? China. Why is China going to be positive? Because they they need to pick up their economy. They need they're in a position. Do they really need to? They do. They do. Yep. Yep. And I don't what think if, they care about their economy, but yeah, that's what I so? would think too. I don't think they care necessarily if they have to put their people in. Okay, let Let's let them go, while, though. Let's let them yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead, Joel. Okay, so what if they, you know they're in a position now where they can have you know they could do some pumping you know money into the economy like we did, and uh, you haven't had it in a long time, but uh, you know you get a sustained rally in China. I mean, is that is that bad for the U.S. markets or is that good for the U.S. markets? Well, I mean, you are seeing a rally in China just because they were potentially going to open up the books, you know. So we saw that last week. That rally obviously got faded once again. You know, is there an mm-hmm. opportunity to buy the dip on some of the China names? They're all dirt cheap from a valuation perspective. China has always run cheaper than the U.S., but it, it's just you know been the value trap for so long. And we've talked about this before. You know, you throw up the FXI on a long-term chart or even the eem we've gone nowhere i mean the fxi was at 30 dollars in 2016 it's at 30 dollars in 2022 where our markets have tripled in that time their markets have gone nowhere so there was always been the thoughts and i've thought it too you know is there a catch-up trade here eventually to own china i keep thinking there is but then you know (laughs) it just never happens you get a little bit of life you get a 10 percent rally and then this is met with more sellers and at the end of the day it just goes nowhere so I don't think they care about their economy as much as, you know, a capitalist society like the U.S. does. So it's just a different way that they run things over there. I still think they're going to invade Taiwan. So I think it's the negative catalyst. I mean, obviously, that hasn't occurred yet. That's a good thing. I think it's still on the table. I don't think it's off the table. I think if they do invade Taiwan, I think the markets would just get harpooned. We'd be down 2,000 Dow points very quickly. Um but, you know, I've talked about that for a bit, and that hasn't materialized, so that's the good news. The bad news is we've sold off for other reasons. So, I mean, you pick your poison. You want to talk China? You want to give it a positive catalyst? That's fine, but we can keep potentially, looking, Potentially. You know. I said potentially. I mean, I have I have no exposure, you know, to yeah. it, very, mm-hmm. or, or, or very little. So, I'm just, I don't know. Everyone was looking at it as, like, you know, the China rug pull, and we got the Jerome Powell, you know, rug pull. So, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at things. Like I said, you know, you can. I like your optimism. I'm trying to look at the bull case a little bit more. We like and your see optimism. Could be Me and there. Money Mitch like the optimism. 
the biggest thing though, to me though is 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 trying to weigh out things right and so that's why i'm more on the bear camp because when i weigh out things like you just kind of mentioned you had it feels to me like it was a little bit more fishing for the bullish catalyst than it just being present like yes. the headwinds that we have on the other side it's as, it's as clear as day yeah i mean you know exactly what you're facing and that's why i'm more in the bear camp because i feel like i know exactly what i'm facing which is of course, the, the interest rates being raised, fighting inflation being the focus, and of course, looking at to see what happens in oil. Because if that goes rampant again, well, clearly we're going to have to keep fighting inflation. And, and uh, clearly here, Mitch, we've laid this out, you know, all last week, we've laid this out, you know, why I raised cash back up to 50% my long-term portfolio. I mean, the reasons are are obvious. I mean, you've got the right, you know, you've got the rate environment. Inflation may have peaked, but Powell has said it's not good enough. I mean, the Tina trade is dead. You can get good rates, you know, you alternatives to stocks. You're, you, I, I, people want to keep doing these comparisons to 2016 or to 2012, you know, there's or no to, comparison. you know, it, it, there's no comparison because we're running yeah. in a different environment here right now. So we're running really high. I mean, inflation's really high, and there's a hell of a lot of risk out there. And I think eventually it does show up in demand destruction from what the Fed is doing. I think they have to, and I think eventually it shows up in the earnings. The only thing that we had going for us was they had crappy earnings last quarter, and they were buying them on crappy earnings. They need to keep doing that in order for this market to really you know, continue to go higher. Because one, the market, to Cameron Dawson's point, it was made multiple times on our show on CNBC, we are not cheap historically here. We're trading 19, 20 times forward earnings. And a lot of those earnings, we're at top of the cycle. I mean, the chips, you know, like you think about, you know, the, the cyclicals. These earnings weren't even like they were in the trough. They were top cycle earnings. So when you come out of this, it's like that E might start going down and then that P starts going up. And if you get multiple contraction a little bit here, that equals a hell of a lot more downside. So I'm sticking with my thesis that the ARKK 2022 low is in because those stocks were really beat up but i mean we come off hard here now i did buy a few stocks yesterday so i was 50 percent cash when we were up at 420 i was like you know what i'll nibble into a few stocks so i bought three stocks yesterday in the long-term account bought some i wanted to get my take two full position back i'd sold that higher got that back i'd sold ea a long time ago at like 140 like a year ago I want to re-get that. And because when you were away, Joel, there was a rumor that Amazon was going to buy EA and it popped up on it. I don't think that's going to happen. But Ooh. it came right back down to where it was prior to that rumor. And EA's guy. non-expensive stock. And then I took a half-size position down and dirty in Intel. Oh. Because it's a dog <laughs> of dogs. It's I know. And everybody laughs. And you know what? I'm early usually. I take heat on these. Everybody made fun of me for Disney for a long time. They did. The, I mean, I took a lot of heat. Disney was 95 and I bought more, on, you know, under $100. You right. know, there was multiple people in the chat saying, I'm an idiot and it's going to 60 You know what? I ended up being right. So, I mean, it's come off here now a little bit again. But I think just, I think it's way oversold Intel. I think there's an opportunity there with this Chips Act that it could be a catalyst here too. And I don't mind, like, I'm a momentum trader to a certain extent, but I'm a contrarian investor. And I buy when the, it's in the gutter. So, I mean, we've come off significantly, and maybe Intel's just going to zero, and we're not going to ever use an Intel chip again. I don't think that's the case. 
That's why I, I just nibbled into an Intel. Um, I started out with a, a full size position in Intel. Now I have a half size position. Oh, you're still in that. <laughs> I got lucky to get out of that because I was in it for the mobile eye around 50. And then I had that yeah. I, they had that rally and actually I took heat on it and went down to 43, 44. And then at you know, in March in the March rally, it rallied back up over 50 again. I was like, this trend's just ugly. I just felt like it wanted to go lower. So I call. sold out of my Intel. And then obviously, you know, and I, I've I've said that, you know, you guys knew I was out of Intel. 45, 40, 35. I've kind of been wanting to rebuy it. And I just look here and I'm like, man, you know, this might be the value trap of value traps, but we're back to 2016 levels. Everybody is counting them out, like down for the count. You know, we've knocked them out. Muhammad Ali, you know, boom, AMD has taken them out. Video has taken them out. I think that there's still some life there. And that's why, you know, it's a trough valuation. So you can see the kind of the companies that I was, I was picking on a little bit. I do believe, you know, I hate the metaverse, but I think the gamers are going to eventually have, you know, the best chance in the metaverse. So that's why those stocks too. So I took a couple of I took a couple of flyers, not not any. I've 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 raised my so my cash went from fifty percent I think to forty four. So I put about six percent of my cash to work. I feel like you know if you're betting on Intel, you're betting that eventually they get the innovation they need to come back to battling AMD back. But I think at at the moment, present moment, I don't think they have anything to battle back on AMD. But they need to innovate, and they do have the possibility. I mean, they have the money. But really, their performance increase in the last, I would say, five to six years from chip to chip has just been really lacking. And so, is it the mobile kind of eye that, worth what they're trading at well, right now? Well, well, that well, it's not. It was when we were going into the crazy EV valuations, and that was the argument to buy Intel a year and a half ago at fifty. That mobile eye was worth a pretty good chunk if they spun that off. Yeah. But now that now that EV valuations have just plummeted, yeah, that mobile eye valuation has plummeted too. So, I mean, you know, so it's not worth nearly as much. But that's a wild card. I mean, a mobilized spinoff is, would be nice. I don't know if they're going to spin it off. They obviously brought it into the company. But there was talk of that last year. I mean, that's a wild card for the stock. But it's not worth nearly as much as it was a year and a half ago. So, I think it's just a matter. The stock's went from $65 to 30 It's been cut in half in last year. I'm making a bet that Intel isn't done. And I took only a half-size position. So... Um, again, when I bought Disney originally, I took a half size position and then I added to an attitude. Sometimes when you're buying in these contrarian, it's not bad. The Jim Cramer way where you buy a piece, then it comes in more, you buy a little bit more and then you buy a little bit more. And eventually I got to my Disney as a double sized position because I'd averaged <laughs> it down so much. Doing exactly opposite what you really should do as a trader. But, you know, I was a long term investor and I was believing the story and it actually bailed me out. Because I brought my cost base. That was my a good call. Disney, on my earnings. original Disney purchase was I think one thirty two. You know, and then I bought more at one twenty. Then I bought more at like one ten. I think eventually I bought it under a hundred. You know, and I brought the cost bases down, which you know, not that you should do that. You know, I, I preach not to do that, but I just believe it's in different the story long still. term. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. it's not really. You really shouldn't do it long term either. In breaking the rules, I've been hurt doing this too. So breaking the rules can hurt you. You know, it, it, but. But I, I, I just, I just think Intel's not out. I think everybody's counted them out, and I think they're not out. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I don't think they're out. They're just not the favorite. They're pricing and so they like they're out, get... though. I mean, what's the, yeah. what's the PE on Intel? Yeah, it's, it's, is it's, it under? It's, it's under ten. 
It's got probably yeah, under it five. Uh, it's not that low because the earnings have come in a little bit. When they were at peak earnings, Joel, you're probably not far I off, have 13 right now. Yeah. You're, you're way under a market multiple of 20. So, you know, and then you got AMD and NVIDIA trading the opposite. Like NVIDIA is trading like 40 times. So, you know, it's basically saying that NVIDIA is, you know, three times the company that Intel is. On a trailing basis, Intel's seven. Now, on a forward basis, Whew. those earnings are projected to come in. So you can't just be looking, you know, at that. So P is like seven on a trailing basis. So I don't know. That's what I did yesterday. So I did a little bit of nibbling. Whether it works out or not, you know, we time will tell. These aren't trades. These are longer-term investments. So, And I'm usually early on these damn things. <laughs> it, it, it just seems to me like they switched hands. I mean, you look at AMD now. It used to be $20. It used to be in that range. And now you're seeing, you know, Intel in that range and AMD flipped at the 90s for sure where it used to be like the opposite way amd was down and intel was down so your bet was probably on amd so i have no problem with your bet on there dennis i think long term especially if you have a a a horizon out in a couple of years intel manufacturing here in the u.s it could get the list that's the wild card too you know like if we start doing the chips you know if the chips act you know it's giving them 60 billion dollars ago intel be a big part of that i mean we got to start getting less dependent on China. This is what really needs to happen, you know, for the U.S. to prosper. For North America, I speak as a Canadian too, but Canada and, and the U.S. are combined. We I mean, you know, we have our economies are combined. For for the U.S. and for North America to prosper, we need to get away from their dependence on China. But that's going to be painful because we're addicted to cheap labor and. You know, if manufacturing starts happening over here, they're not going to work for $2 an hour over here. So, you know, that's the one thing. So we might actually have to see more inflation in the short term to get away from that dependence on China. But I think it has to happen because this is not, you know, you're seeing what we talked about briefly last week is deglobalization to a certain extent where everything was becoming a global economy. And now the world is becoming separated, you know, politically at least. And obviously, you know, through other things. You're seeing nope. a little bit of deglobalization. If that continues, it's going to be a painful process for the U.S. equity markets. All right, let's go towards uh, the meme stocks on the move again. Uh, triple BY on the move, and uh, you got to keep these on your radar. I talked about these on live trading yesterday that it could get the lift because a lot of people are expecting that kind of restructuring of what their plan is for their business. It did get some lift yesterday. It's up again today in pre-market. How do you feel about this play now? This just memester stock is, you know, in its own little, you got the GameStop and AMC that are doing their own thing. Now Bed Bath & Beyond is the new, you know, choice in 2022. So they're going to rip this thing higher. They're going to do all the fun things. I said the wild card was like eight or 10 bucks. It's like, imagine if Cohen rebought in, you know, Joel, <laughs> that would be a wild card. If all of a sudden a filing hit that Cohen bought back in, this thing would be, up say, like, yeah. I it would go nuts. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah think that's gonna i think he's maybe spooked you know that you know maybe he's getting looked at maybe he's not gonna do that but it's not impossible i mean he just sold it all 20 25 28 29 you could buy back and i don't think he really cares to be honest with about the regular regulators so i mean you know if it finally came that he bought back in this thing would really rip higher so that was a wild card i've played it long the last few days just you know playing around with it Bias to the long side. I didn't have it overnight, but I had it overnight yesterday, and it was good. I see it you, Dennis. I see you. I, I'm I playing it a, a little playing bit. Just, it got down to eight, nine, ten bucks, and it's felt like 
Wow, it's giving it all back. And you know the five support's huge right now. That's the way it's down. Now at 15, I think it's gone again. But when it got under 10, it was probably just too oversold. It went from huge overbought in three days. Three days later, it's oversold. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into some of the earnings stocks. Let's go to Best Buy here. EPS at $1.54 beats the $1.27 estimate. Sales at $10.33 billion, beating the $10.24 billion estimate. Comparable sales down uh, less than expected and getting a little bit of a bounce here with the market that we're having this morning. Do you feel this is a uh, rip to fade or... How do you guys feel on Best Buy? It, it, it reported on the right day. I mean, you're, you got a day that, like, like it's funny, these earnings reports. A lot of times it just depends on the day they're reporting. I mean, we're yep. turnaround Tuesday. They're buying stocks. They're biased. It was a decent report, too. So maybe it was going to rally no matter what, but it helps that it reported on the right day, too. The, the problem is this thing's got huge overhead supply. It's been in the gutter for a while. Its valuation is cheap. I mean, you want cheap stock too. Best Buy is a cheap stock too. And I've thought about, you know, under 70 that maybe this one should go in the long-term portfolio. But then you just think if you're going in a recession, I mean, it's not a recession-proof stock by any means. Yeah. Nice pop. 77.50, no man's land to me. Um, I, I think what I would, if I was a bull, if I was lying this thing, I'd be saying, man, can we get to Friday's high? Can we get to 78.58? Uh, Thursday's close is right in that area too. Uh, but if not, I mean, you got a lot of people stuck from uh, from Friday. You had people just, hey, I'm going to take a flyer on the on the earnings, and the earnings are decent. So yeah. keep an eye on 70. I mean, we're a buck 30 away. We could go there. But I don't think I would be impressed with the price action in this today unless you closed in the 78 handle. 78.19 was your close on Thursday, and then uh, Friday's high was 78.58. So it's good. It's not great, but you know, let's see if they, you know, they, they could come in and they get it above uh, above 78. On the downside, the top of yesterday's range way down there. It's 74.52. Maybe if you're if you are trying to short this today, maybe get out there at 74.60 or 74.70, and you know, you get a big seller off the open that may whoosh it down there. That's what I'm looking at in Best Buy. I'm still of the firm belief mm-hmm. that last quarter's earnings don't reflect any of the Fed action. Because okay. people were still spending because the literally the, the interest rates really hadn't gone up much at all. You know, if we just go back to the previous quarter, it's going to be this next quarter that earnings are going to get smacked around that you will see consumer demand starting to go down. And yet, so, my biggest concern also in leading towards that is what happens in the holiday season. Will the credit cards be too racked up to add? Oh no, people gifts? buy. Oh, people no. find they, ways they, to they're buy. Gonna buy. They're oh. gonna buy. Well, oh yeah, but we yeah. but we don't. We, the next quarter, the money, but they're gonna buy. But next <laughs> quarter is not the holiday season for them, so you know, and that's a consideration too. Is this next quarter is the one that I'm worried about? So let's okay. get into the next quarter earnings. Like obviously, we get through August, and then you know, you start to get into September. You know, and then we start to look. You know, well, well we, we, you know, we're out of earnings season really here for the next six weeks. So yeah. once we start to get back into it, I mean that's going to be interesting because I think the next quarter's earnings for most of these, for a lot of companies, it's not going to be great. 
And uh, another thing too, just to emphasize that point that you just made, and I, I know we're 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 two years removed now, uh, you know, from the you know the outbreak of the pandemic, but right, you know, the first you know second quarter in two thousand twenty one. I mean, they're they're nothing, right? Terrible, nothing was going on. Twenty one, yeah, everything looked great, right, compared to twenty. And now I still think you're looking at a normalization period. I think the disruption to the economy. From that event, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just going to it's, it's take a long time, you know, to make any kind of comparisons from the last of any kind of sustenance because of the, you know, the shock. So I agree with you. You know, they gave them a pass on, on the second quarter. Will they do, you know, in the third quarter? Then, of course, uh, you got you got your quad wits coming up uh, in, in September here. So we- I agree with you. It, it's it's. Um, they gave them a pass. They a lot of passes on the on the Q two and let's see if they're nice because enough. Because people want to still they still have the twenty twenty one mentality that I just buy the dip, eventually I'll make money. You know what? I can hold yep. on for six months or a year, it'll be okay. And maybe that's gonna be the case, Joel. Maybe we're getting back to all time highs in six months. Like, you know, obviously we've had multiple guests come on our show saying the same thing. You know, Tom Lee's on CNBC preaching, you know, about a new all time highs by the end of the year. Um, you know, we've had a lot of smart people on this show coming on saying we're going to hit new all-time highs. I don't see the I, recipe I don't see to get it. there. I How? cannot see it. I mean, unless the market just continue, completely disconnects again, which it can. I mean, in Bed Bath and Beyond, it's connected, and the FOMO just takes over, and everybody just goes crazy. But it's just like you're pinching the consumer as you continue to raise rates. Powell has said he's going to pinch harder gonna- if necessary. And we're just expecting earnings to just stay strong and companies to just stay strong and the economy to just stay strong. We're going to get a soft landing through all this. It just doesn't add up to me. We've yeah, never fought so. an inflation bug like this in 40 years. So I don't know how you break it. We'll yeah, see what ha- starts. At all time high. We'll see what starts happening in uh, September also with a quantitative tightening coming into play. You're seeing more and more mentions of that. Let's keep going to Baidu now. Um, So I have to ask Joel if he's thinking about the China trade. uh, What does he think about Baidu? But let's give the numbers here. Baidu EPS at $2.36, beating the dollar and 63 cent estimate. Sales at $4.42 billion, missing the $4.45 billion. Um, it's up today and PDD held well yesterday. What do you think, Joel? I think this is probably the easiest technical call of the century. (laughs) (laughs) I like easy technical calls. What do you got for me? What you got? I mean, you got room to 157 and I'm not talking about today or long term or a breakout, but look, I mean, this is this is technical. I, I don't I don't know what's going on with China politics and they can come out. But but look at this monthly here. Look at this. I mean, here you are. This is the third time that you've come up to this 157 area on a monthly, not just on a daily, not on a weekly, but a monthly. So that's, you know, that's still five bucks away from here. It's resistance until it's taken out. But I just look at that 56.77, 56.69. And then this month's high so far has been 55.48. I mean, that that's a level. Things really open up to the upside um, on Baidu. No position, and uh, I don't know. I'm just saying, 150. Mark that down as a five star number. The the wild card is just headlines about yeah. books, headlines. There's there's a lot of wild cards coming out of China right now. They're all moving together. I mean, you can just group them all. Baba, Baidu, Penduoduo. Yes, they know Penduoduo had earnings, so it went a little bit higher. But I mean, they're all just moving. 
together here. So I'm not sure. I just, at the risk here, it's all about, you know, that's all I assess. You know, that's all we are really as traders, as risk managers. And there's headline risk all over the place. It could be to the upside. It could be to the downside. I'm just, if I'm trading China stocks, I'm hedging them, (laughs) hedging them with another China stock because I just cannot, you know, just make a call that, yeah, they're cheap. Let's go. And I can't make the call that, yeah, they're, you know, there's, they're going to be an invasion. Eventually they're going to go down. They open up the books and those things pop 10%. So there's too much unknowns. Up from Triple the D, headline. I can't headline believe it. Risk. All the years I've been doing this show, I've never done this before. Look at look at the Baidu chart. Can you see what's above that 156.78? Can like you see 25 it? 25 star support. Yeah. I'm not, oh, resistance. <laughs> resistance. Resistance, yeah. I've so. never done that before. In all I mean, these that's years. a good level to watch. That that is, and Dennis knows about those stars. That is a that's a three. That's a six. Go on a, a star nine. system. He's there it always, is. All right. When when I we know. first started at Bright Trading in in Southfield, Michigan office, and man was starting to roll over. You can tell I'm starting to get a little distracted because there is a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, this market just came back. Turn around Tuesday. What do you expect? Turn Dennis? around Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> turn it around for the bears. It's turning. It was too around. much overnight on nothing. On best best buys leaking too. It was it was too much overnight on nothing. You know. Uh, but anyways. Well, uh, you know the what optimism. the catalyst for the you know what the driver was today before we went on the tangent there. The driver for today was oil getting hit. Yeah, that's you know, exactly because what we've is. been that's... worried about inflation, commodity yep. prices, and oil. All of a sudden, Fire oil rolled over here oil a little down. bit today. I think that was a real kickstart for for the equity markets. The negative correlation is back between stocks and oil prices. You can clearly see in the last couple of weeks that the negative correlation is clearly back. Oil down, equity, U.S. equity markets are up. And that's just, you know, people scared, you know, that of the inflation bug. And if commodity prices continue to go high, they're like, well, that's Powell's, you know, green light to raise more, you know, to continue to raise and get more hawkish. So the clear correlation is there. I'm a relationship-based trader. I see oil start rolling over. I want to buy stocks. I see oil start rallying. I want to sell stocks. I think that's another thing that Joel has up there with the dollar, too. Have you seen the dollar up? Yeah, look at that 30. Look at that, Dennis. Look at that dollar. 30 bucks. I'm just on the UUP. I know everything. And that's, again, related to the markets, too. There's a complete inverse correlation between u.s equity markets and the u.s dollar because it's flight to safety as u.s as the u.s equities start to sell off they fly into u.s dollars it's just the natural move over buying u.s dollar we're moving out of stocks we're buying u.s dollars we're moving out of u.s dollars we're buying stocks so that negative correlation has always existed did you see the euro when i was gone got under par did you see that thing so yep, much and i expect it to come right back to it um, I expect to see that continue as you're seeing more issues come out of Europe and, of course, more concerns for recession. And I think it's almost a guaranteed now in Europe. There's one thing battling here in the U.S., but in Europe, things are going to get tight here pretty soon. All right, let's go towards Big Lots. Let's see big who's lots. shopping at Big Lots. Oh, uh, they came in at a loss of $2.28, beating the loss of $2.47. Sounds so great. Uh, but estimate sales at $1.35 billion, beating the $1.34 billion estimate. Big lots. They've just cla- – I keep saying they've classed up those stores too much. They've – you know, it used to be going to the big lots. You'd look for the good deal. I'd get – you know, I'd go buy my aspirin because the box fell off the pallet and the box is half crushed and they get like 50% <laughs> off. I like the deals. You go the in there and you know, the truck deals. deals like I know. That. I know those They deals. totally lost their way. 
I, I, and, and again, and this is why the stock topped back in 2018. They lost their way. They, mm-hmm. they were a discount retailer that is all of a sudden trying to move up a class. Stay in the, you know, stay, like you want the deal. Go in there. I, want, I don't want to see, you know, like the nicer stuff in the big lots. I want to go in there and I want to get a deal. Know who you are. They've lost who they are. This is why I'm not like the stock for a long time for those reasons. It's a value trap. It's been a value trap. That being said, there's great support down here at 20. I don't know. It's sold out significantly. I give you the 20 support, but I just don't like the story anymore. I'll give you a a little bit more, uh, something a little bit more relevant. Can we hold 22? I mean, I don't know if the debtors would say here, if you bought this at 2360, you're doing it wrong, right? 2375. Now you've come back in, you're 2219 yesterday's high. Looks like your bid here. I think you'll hold 22. I don't think we'll get to Friday's high, but uh, holding 20, uh, double top and triple top at 2350. Uh, that's where you, oh boy, that's where you got to in the after hours. But uh, can big lots hold 22? Can the spoos hold mid range on the session here? We have just We've been a, a steady leak, leak. steady leak. leak. But there's bids there. Can you feel the bids, Dennis? I know, you know what yours. happens to then a little bit. You're gonna have the bids to scratch them because we got back down there near the 400. So you got to buy the dippers that are always prevalent. You can't seem to break those by the dip that buy the dip mentality. But with that, like what what's really happened here this morning is you had a wicked overnight rally on nothing. As we keep getting closer to the opening, money managers getting to their desk. I I swear that's what's happening. People are like, oh, I'm getting crushed in this. I'm like, I'm gonna take some profits here. I'm gonna or I'm gonna get out of this, cut some losses here. So as more and more money managers see a nothing rally, they're coming in and selling stocks. I mean, they're not in their they're not at their desk at 6 30 in the morning. The retail guy's sitting there at home. But the man, the big money manager that's going in the, the office, train. still commuting. They're on the train from uh, Jersey. Yeah, they don't get there till nine o'clock. So I mean, this is what's happened here so far. But you know, we're oversold. That's why I said I started buying a few stocks yesterday for the simple reason of that we're oversold. It, we went from overbought to oversold very quickly. So I think you know you could bounce, you maybe get the four ten. But I think you still are a net seller of rallies. I just think there's more pain ahead here. I like the 50% retrace when we talked about that yesterday, 395 on SPY gets down yeah. there, maybe buy a little bit more. I don't think we're, you know, in the situation where, you know, the markets are going to go into an epic collapse here, but we're definitely not out of the woods. Like we thought, at least I put, I put the hexamona on the market when I, when we came out at the top, I said, you haven't proved to me that you can hold Friday's close. Prove it to Joel. Prove, Prove it to it me. To Joel. That you can hold 59. Yes. I can just feel the numbers coming. I had to, I tell you, I was a little off my game yesterday. I hope no one had any bad trades, but uh, man, that 10 hour car ride, I mean, I'm just an old guy. I just like 10 hours in the car looking at the books, man. That's that's a haul. I'm not this doing that why, anymore. This is why we need autonomous so you can just kick back, relax, my friend, and let the car do the job for you. Well, um, I kind of do that. Need. I put it on cruise control and I, I drive with my knee, but don't tell Lisa that I do that. Uh, oh, don't, don't, don't get hit now. Don't get <laughs> don't hit. Don't do that. All right. Yeah, well, and then you got to go 70 don't in Ohio. You don't have to do that. Because you, you have, have to, to go the speed limit in Ohio. Because if I go 72 <laughs> limit. and there's a guy from Ohio going 85, they'll they pull me Michigan over plate. They see those Michigan plates. Ohio is tough, Joel. I never told you my, oh, let me my, pull my, these my Ohio story. 
I was probably like 10, 12 years ago, and we were driving on that 8090. Yeah. And they're wicked on the 8090. Anyways, I'm on the 8090, and I don't know what's, what's the speed limit on the 8090. Like 70. Seven. Yeah, well, it yeah. dropped. It was in a little spot where it dropped maybe down to 60. Maybe you're going through a busy area. Is there an, a spot on the 8090 where it drops down? I don't know. Anyways, maybe years ago there was. Maybe it's not now. <laughs> but I, I think it was the 8090. But I'm like, let's just say it was 70. So cop pulls me over, and he says, do you know how fast you're going? And I go, 80? He goes, 78. I'm like, don't they give you 10 over? I said that to the cop. <laughs> and he says, not, he sees the Ontario place. He's like, not in this country, they don't. <laughs> I pulled me over for eight over. 78 uh... is 70. I got pulled over for that. I'm yeah, like, I already saw you got yanks. 10 over. That's Ohio. <laughs> ten, eight over. That's what happens when you're I from Canada. I guess Joel. How fast do you think you're going? I said 80. All right. I'm going to reel you guys in and yeah, bring you know in some not. conversation. Bring in some stock talk. Let's go to our guest today. Let's go to Jay Woods, chief market strategist at Drive Wealth, New York Stock Exchange, executive floor governor. Please talk some stocks to me, Jay. Hey, well, I, I could have just jumped in on that conversation, too. You got tickets uh, in Ohio? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. No, no. <laughs> my 17-year-old my, my just got a nice one for doing 85 and he goes, I was doing the flow of traffic and I just wanted to smack him in the head and say, you listen, I, you're 17, you drive a red car so you're a prime <laughs> target. And uh, yeah, he, he's still giving me grief that he was doing the flow of traffic but 85 <laughs> to 65 you get pulled over every time so all right. at least first of all jay, jay gets the background is the, De- dennis can i give it out an award for the best background, nice background. for an interview well, you, you got me at work today guys so this is where i Just work every day you know every day and, for jay here and and props to the nyse team for giving me the nice camera and the good setup i can actually see you guys when i talk to you which is cool um and it's it's great to be with you i was i love the conversation i was listening in the eavesdropping a little bit so i can't okay. wait to join it. well let's get to it 
So the most uh, the most commonly used term on Wall Street has been a bear market rally. Uh, sure and has. Uh, you know, give us give us your definition of the bear and and what what would it change? What kind of rally? What would you need to say to say, hey, that wasn't a bear market rally. This is well, uh, this is a turnaround in the market. It, it definitely is the most talked about term over the last two months. Uh, I like the rally we had. Uh, it. 50% off the lows, that was a hell of a retracement right to the 200-day moving average. And you guys love your technicals, as do I. Uh, it, it was a little faster than I expected. So, you know, there, there are so many stats now where we're at a coin flip. Well, we retraced 50% off the low. That means the lows are in, and I think they may be. Uh, but I don't think we're out of the woods. I still think we're in a bear market. I still think we chop now for a little while. We just got through earnings season. Uh, and that's where I saw the, you know, the shift. Uh, we had stocks with bad earnings that didn't sell off. They actually rallied. Yeah. Uh, you can talk Walmart, Target. Yeah. Uh, Meta is, is the prime example of a stock that really didn't do too well. But technically, it held a major support level. It's still dangling uh, yeah. at this at, at one fifty-five. What a what a level, huh? That yeah. But um, from a risk reward setup, you, you've got it, it's a good trader's market. Um, but we're still in a downtrend. We're still below a lot of the moving averages. But we made progress. Uh, so I will continue to be in the bear market rally camp until proven otherwise. But there are a lot of positive signs that we're seeing. Uh, Friday was a little kick in the teeth, and we'll talk about that. Uh, it may take us some a few days to get back uh, above that level. That's a key level I'll be watching. Uh, but, you know, I'm here on Turnaround Tuesday, so uh, maybe we start today. And that's possible. The one thing, you know, there's so many things to worry about here, and the market, to your point, you know, really shrugged off a lot last earnings season because the earnings from most of the corporations were not that great. But they were buying the stocks anyways. And that was really the only way we were going to rally because we kind of knew the earnings weren't going to be great. And I think even going into next quarter, I think it's going to even get tougher for some companies here because, you know, you're just adding up the Fed policy, higher interest rates. It's going to eventually hit the consumer. It doesn't show up immediately, but eventually it has to hit the consumer. So what's, the, you know, and, and we did, we've had some guests come on the show. Some think we're going to make the lows. Some think we're actually going to make new all-time highs by the end of the year. Where do you sit, like, end-of-the-year predictions here, Jay? I'll throw you right under the bus. Where yeah, do you you're, see us you're coming at me here? with a haymaker. <laughs> We're coming right at you. That's how we do, man. We I appreciate it. No, and listen, I'm a straight shooter as well. Um, I, I hear a lot of the experts, uh, guys I respect, girls I respect, saying new highs. Uh, you know, <sighs> so don't fight the Fed. Let, let's stop. Yeah. The Fed came out and said, don't fight us. It was That was an eight-minute speech. It was like I was a kid, and my dad said, don't make me turn this car around. He's like, do you realize what we're doing right now? <laughs> it was an end. And if you noticed where he gave the speech, they're in Jackson Hole. He was in, like, a basement somewhere. Where is the bucolic setting? He wanted to set a tone that we're not out of the woods, and we've still got some wood to chop. And that goes to where I see we're going to take the market over the next few months. Um, I'm a seasonal guy, August, yeah. September, two worst months. September. It, it, down here, it, it, for a trader, it's it's exciting, it's it's stressful, um, and I expect to see a lot of volatility. And I don't think we're gonna break the 200-day moving average to the upside in the major indexes in September, at least the first few months. Let's see what happens after Quad Witch. Uh, let's see what happens after the next Fed meeting, September 21st. But to get back to your question, 
I don't think we're going to make new lows either. We may test them, and that would be fine. Um, yeah. It could be one of those tests where intraday, it looks like the end of the world, we break it, then we have that reversal where, ooh, now we got a nice little candle. I don't see the catalyst outside of major global concerns that will cause us to take that next leg lower. I think the lows are in for the time being, and, and we chop. And that chop, to me, as the Fed is getting to a level where we can say, okay, we're getting a little bit closer to where we may hit the pause button. We're not going to reverse course. That whole pivot talk, I, I never understood. But we're going to pause, and the market can maybe get that you know, last quarter rally, which in, in you know traditionally best quarter of the year. We're starting the best six months of the year. Election cycle, we, we see strength there. So there are a lot of good factors that lead me to believe the last quarter will be good. But given where we are to make new highs, uh, that, that's, that's, that's a tough call. Yeah, well, we are uh, just talking just one quick thing on the seasonality. I mean, we did bottom on that June expiration, right? Yeah. That quad mm -hmm. witch. Uh, so what I'm, you know, if we could just hang in here to that, I mean, it's still a month away, but you got to look a little, a little farther out. If we can hang in there and make a turn, on the on that quad which is september then you could have a good end of the year i'm not in the new all-time high camp either but uh we got let's go to the levels here and uh mm -hmm. you know you can talk the fundamentals all you want we could talk technicals we go back and forth but um as the same as me you look at like the big boys the big leadership in the s p 500 index and the three stocks that you've identified are meta uh, that one, that one fifty-five. I mean, that's yep. the line to send a Meta. But give me, give me your levels for for Meta, um, Nvidia, and Microsoft because you think this could, this could be, these could be the stocks that take us on the next leg lower. Yeah, th these are the ones that worry me, and, and just purely technically, um, you know, seeing their their weight in, in the index one. Um, I know it's not that seven percent Apple kind of weight, and we can talk about that one as well. But these are stocks that didn't really you know, move the needle from a fundamental earnings point of view, but they reacted well, and now they're pulling back a little bit. Microsoft is the strongest of the three. It actually got back to its 200-day moving average. Um, so I don't see Microsoft as the concern. Uh, you know, the level right there, I got to look at my notes, guys. I, I okay. like that. Yeah, that 105 level, if we pull back, it should hold. The two that have me worried are, are NVIDIA and, and Meta. Uh, Meta did fall out of the top 10 market cap stocks when it got down to that 154, 155 level. Um, it's tested it a lot. So from a trading point of view, you've got a great setup for a risk reward. Uh, it reminds me of Biogen, which has been doing the same exact thing for uh, six to 12 months now, if you look at BIIB. Right. But uh, for, for Meta, if it breaks down, you, you got a long way to go. You got another 20, 30 points. Percentage-wise, that's not good. And um, if you look at the communication sector, it's the worst sector of them all out of the 11 primary sectors. Uh, just because it's the worst right now doesn't mean it can't go, can't go any lower. Same thing with energy. Just because it's the best performing sector, uh, you know, the strength is there. It flagged. It's starting to make a nice rally. And then NVIDIA, uh, that was an interesting Thursday, Friday. Their earnings were horrible. If you look at the pre-market, if I was on the pre-market show with you guys talking NVIDIA, it, it looked like it was breaking down to the end of the world. And then it caught that bid and it rallied. It rallied strongly. And then we had Friday. And Friday took out all the leadership and it broke down again. These 50-day moving averages are key to me in the stronger stocks where you have a nice rising 50-day that tested it. And a lot of them tested yesterday. We're going to see a continued rally. Uh, I look at Walmart and Target, Netflix. Um, they're starting to come back and you're seeing higher lows. And so this goes back to the constructive 
part of what I see in the market. But those three stocks, NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Meta, they're ones where you have that line in the sand and we keep testing it. And that's what's got me worried. So those are three that I, I think you need to keep an eye on. Quick thoughts on Apple. JG wants to know what you thought about Apple holding that 200-day movie average. Uh, for me, yeah, I mean, those are nice numbers, but I like to see a couple lows or a couple closes in that area. Uh, comments on Apple uh, testing and holding the 200-day moving average. Yeah, it would be nice to see it hold and just kind of go sideways and, and then work its way back up. But this market doesn't do what you, you hope it does, and the, and the moves can be fast. Uh, Apple, you have some outlying events coming up. You have the uh, big event on September 7th with the, the next. Uh, where are we in the iPhone scale? 14, 15? I, I'm losing track, but uh, big announcement. Five. Had, I have five. You, you got the five. Okay. <laughs> no. you may, it's probably pretty slow, but uh, <laughs> Apple. Hey, listen, technically, Apple didn't make a new high. It made a run at a new high here. So, you know, but relatively speaking, Look, look at that. That's the bellwether. The monster. I mean, people answer this question because you want to mumble through it. Is there one stock that's more important than any other? And you're supposed to say, no, I don't have a favorite child. I don't have a favorite stock. But given its makeup, it's the most owned stock in the world. It, it's over 7% of the S&P 500. It's in the Dow. Um, yeah, it's important. And I think if you're going to follow one stock, it's, it's critical that we kind of hold and chop around here and you know, we continue that uptrend, which has been phenomenal. And we, we try to test recent highs, uh, which is around what? 170. Um, I can't read your chart from this far. I'm getting old. Oh, that's but, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's because it's it was we, NVIDIA. There's Apple. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you know what? That, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. But uh, yeah, that 170 level, I was right. So uh, I, I'd like to see it slowly move higher. And then maybe the catalyst for the next leg up is that event. Usually events, they rally into them and fade. Um, Walt Pysik does great work. I don't know if you've ever had Walt Pysik on your show. How do you spell uh, that? P-I-E-C-Y-K. He, uh, he's one of the top Apple analysts. You know, Gene Munster, of course, another great one. Uh, you know, I, I usually go to them uh, for my information when it comes to Apple events and how the stock handles it. But usually you see a run-up as you go into it. And then speaking of run-ups, uh, th this is the slowest week down here i mean this is yeah we have a three-day weekend but it might as well be a five-day weekend thursday friday uh people are going to be running for the hills then you got everyone going back to school so you have people with kids taking off um college yep good point yeah um so i and then there's no real we have the jobs number thursday that's the one that uh you know we we as horrible as it sounds and this is where you know you, you come on a show like this and you say well you want to see the jobs number you know, come in poorly. Well, that's a horrible thing to say, but we need to see that the Fed action is actually slowing down the economy on that front as well. Um, and if we see a negative reading in the jobs number compared to what they expect, we could see another little leg higher here Thursday, Friday. All right. I think I know where you're going with this one, but you say mm -hmm. the leadership is all wrong. Uh, explain yeah. what, explain what you mean. By oh, that. well, you know, anyone like like Mitch studying for a CMT down there, uh, you, you always want to study the history of markets and the leadership that you get in strong you know, bull markets. And that leadership never happens to be staples and utilities. And I'm, I'm talking about the utility sector. Punch up the XLU on a 10 year okay. weekly chart, by the way. You're going to I mean, there used to be a site called channelingstocks.com, I believe. This thing, <laughs> we, we talk it. about that. 
Do you? I, 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 I don't know. Sell high. Yeah, yeah. Stock again. How'd you retire well, so early? Okay, well, <laughs> go to look at look at this. All right, we're kind of oh. at the upper end of a beautiful ten-year ch channel, and yeah. when it gets out, but uh, it just made a new high. Uh, you know, if you break down the index, there are fifteen stocks in the utility index. Thirteen of the fifteen are above the two hundred-day moving average. Two of them, FE and American Water, that fine uh, Camden, New Jersey company, uh, were above the 200-day last week, just fell below. So there is strength across the board in this sector. This is a sector that you buy when you're playing defense, when you yeah. want to have yeah. a steady dividend, uh, a company that everyone uses, that's going to be stable in, in a rocky environment. And when this leads, it gives me pause. Uh, and then the other thing that that's coming back is energy. Um, Exxon Mobil, Chevron, they're, yeah. they're going to challenge new highs. It wouldn't shock me to see them make them. And then Occidental, my God, Mr. Buffett just loving life. Oh, he's crushing uh, it. Yeah, it's already up over 110% for the year, and it's still making new highs. Uh, you, you can't slow it down, but you know, just look at crude oil. We're starting to take another leg up, and we talk about inflationary fears. And Mitch had a tweet yesterday. Mitch, I do follow you on Twitter. I saw this. Um, talking about, well, what if we haven't reached peak inflation? Well, if we have another spike at the pump, especially coming into the winter season and then you got, you know, home heating, um, that could cause another spike up in, in the CPI. And uh, we'll, we'll, what about the recession? I mean, what about the impending recession and slowdown? Who's going to need oil? Who's going to drive anywhere? Who's going to go to work? Who's going to buy anything? What about the demand? And if you're believing. The problem I is, mean, Joel, it's like heads the bears win, tails the bears win here because. That's what I see. Yeah. It, be, because like if you if you got no, you know, if, you, if we're the Fed's trying to kill demand, well, killing demand kills stocks. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. see how it adds up. And that's why, you know, and I think Jay's kind of on the same page here. I mean, I agree with the utilities leadership here, too. This market's been playing defense for a long time. It's been some of these defensive issues that have held this market up. But yeah. I, I don't know if that can continue. Yeah, well, you know, the, the one positive, though, is Apple. Uh, I mean, let, let's see it. Uh, <laughs> and let, let's watch Microsoft. It, it, yeah. it, it's fading from its 200-day, but it's still in a relatively recent uptrend uh, although i'm a little concerned uh so we're starting to see signs uh, of that bottom but it, it probably will be retested i i hope not i i want to be wrong i want to see new highs by the end of the year of course i'll, I'll miss the rally but uh you know too. but for everybody who's got that 401k and has been saving over the long term um you know, we'll see. And then you mentioned recession, which is the, the other big topic besides bear market rally down here. Um, and then to find you know, how you feel, you know, it feels like a recession. I've lived through these. This this is what a recession feels like. I know the jobs number is skewing everything and the National Bureau of Economic Research is not officially declaring it that. Um, but when they do, that's probably when you got to jump into this market with both feet, because usually by the time they declare it, you're already halfway through it, if not three quarters of the way through yeah. it. And that leg and that dip may need to be bought. And uh, to, to one of your points earlier, Dennis, uh, before I jumped on, I heard you talking about a buy the dip mentality. I think we're starting to see that come back. Uh, that, that's the feel I'm getting down here. Oh, yeah. And uh, going into year end, we'll see. But uh, you get some meme stocks back in play. There are people ready to jump into this market and get involved. Uh, they're just looking for the right time. And these recent dips, you know, have seemed like they've been bought and it could be the right time. 
Jay Woods, Chief Market Strategist at Drive Wealth, uh, New York Executive Floor Governor, the man with the best background maybe in the history of the pre-market prep show. Jay, great Beautiful. information. We'll get you back on again soon. Thank you, and have a great one. You too, guys. Thanks, Jay. All right. Uh, triple you don't D-Y. like my background? Uh, not as good. Let's just say. Let's just say. I'm not as good. House. Look, I got the banner up there. I got the it, white wall. I can see the. Is plug. that a is that a, a bullish bit. call for home constructions that Dennis is finally <laughs> get done? white walls? They <laughs> spent a year and a half to get white walls. There you go. That's, That's a special it. white walls, though. They probably took like an extra three weeks to get them like that. Oh yeah, they painted that <laughs> thing like five times. That's as white as you can get. Didn't All take right. Best Buy long to fill that gap, folks. Uh, the sellers yeah. came in here, and we're already back this in morning. yesterday's range. So I'm sure the SPs had a little bit, um, little bit to do with that. But uh, back in, so so much for that uh, that gap play, that gap fill. That's already happened in uh, Best Buy. All Let's right, do some ticker time. Can we? Can yeah. we Let's like do ticker time of, and then five minutes of ticker time here. Let's you guys throw minutes. up some tickers as we just take a look really quickly at URA and then we'll grab some tickers from you guys. Yeah. So you've just run here on uranium. I've missed this last move in uranium. I caught it earlier in the year, but I've totally missed this one. CCJ, the Canadian company has been always my choice. And this thing is just ripped roaring higher. Shout out to Tim Seymour. He's had a good position in that. He's comes on the show every once in a while. Love you, Tim. 22 to 29. Congratulations. It's been a fantastic move. Too far for me to chase here now. Uh, anything? What, what's the ETF, Mitch? Uh, for URA. That? That's, what I, URA. that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah but I took it to CCJ. because. Yeah, no, amazing. URA. Um, I, I tried to, to stay in the ETF. <laughs> no, no, it's easier because it's, you know, yeah, you get a more easier. of a, a broad look here. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Trading up again. We mentioned this. Uh, we talked about this on the uh, at the close show. And, you know, you have a point here uh, of make or break here. And that's just above $24. So that's that would be my target, 24 to 24 and a quarter. Currently trading 2369. Uh, you establish a bid, a sustained two, three closes over 24. Uh, I'm looking for another leg higher, but, you know, got to respect resistance until it's broken and closed above. All right, let's go to the chat now. Tickers here. Uh, first one up, we have Cleveland Cliff. Of course, Ooh, remember that uh, like they that did get a push last week with their mention of $75 a ton um, for steel. Now it's for U.S. Um, it did push a lot of the steel stocks last week. How do you feel about the chart? It's got to get over 20, and this yeah. got rejected right at the level you don't want to get to get rejected to if you're a bull. I mean, 20 was support back in May. Obviously, took it out in June. And then, you know, you come up here to August, and you get rejected. And now, again, the double top here at 20. So resistance is very well defined. Um, I would say I can't get bullish this stock until it's over 20, and I'd be a seller unless it's over 20. Uh, Four-star, Dennis? I give it four stars, okay. maybe even yeah. five. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Going. Joel's yep. gonna start I, doing the stars. Yeah. So not... I started to tell a story where we wanted to do ticker time, but when I started bright trading in 1999, Joel was my office manager. How I met Joel, and every single morning he put all the stars for the S and P. So he'd have all the S and P futures, and he'd have all the levels of support and resistance. He'd hand out a sheet of paper. He printed it out, hand out to every trader in the that office. Hard work. Like 18 traders in there. 
So I'd hand them all out and boom. And that's and where yell them out. Was. That was fun. That That's when we used to, you know, <laughs> hey, you're coming up on a three-star, 500 and even Goldman. And we'd be like, sell, 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 sell. You know, uh, a <laughs> little bit different. No sure. squawk now. But uh, Joel yep. made his own trading floor when he got taken off. Oh, he was like, man, you know what? Was... I'll make my own trading floor. <laughs> oh, that was, what, what was the peak there? 25 guys, maybe? 20, I think what's what we held, that we had enough seats for 25. I don't know if we ever got full, but we were like 21 or 22, probably. And then, you know, what happened was the internet just got better and everybody started doing it from home. And we still yeah. had those traders, but they weren't coming to the office and we're doing it from home. And everybody slowly moved going it from home until eventually, you know, we closed the office, I think in 2011 or 2012, I think it was um yeah it was open for a long time you know what but... we were working home before work at home and then oh, for also sure. like doing yeah. sh- like uh remember how we used to drive adam bratt crazy trying to do the show like you were in canada and you know i was uh in uh back in uh the bright office in southfield and like well, how many different platforms to go through to connect and all the different things and now the rest of the world is just catching up with us. It's now a, you just a, show up, right, Joel? Yeah, just, yeah now it's just Mitch handles Joel. everything else. <laughs> All right, let's go a couple more Charge stocks. Let's, let's get point. a hard stock in here, not an easy one. I want a hard Charge one. point earnings after the bell. Well, that's a hard one because it's got earnings after the bell, and that's always a wild card here. Um, it's up ahead of it. Again, I like to own stocks ahead of the reports. I did have this one last night, and then it started getting bit up hard last night, so I ended up selling it. Obviously, continuation here today. It's, you know, that we talked about this in, you know, some of our educational events too. Um, it, there's a positive bias going into a report that I try to extract that alpha from that positive. Uh, bias going into a report, but then I like to sell them before they report. So technicals take a backseat once you get the fundamental news. But sixteen major resistance. They, oh, do you? Are you? Are you? We'll let Joel do the next one. I sixteen, took no, fourteen support. Fourteen, <laughs> 14 support to sixteen. Fourteen to sixteen. I love the hourly Trade chart the on charge point. Hourly chart. Hourly chart has a nice trend line, nice pattern there. We'll see if it breaks above. What's the next ticker? All right, let's go to plug. Plug power. Oh, I. You know, I. I love the story here. Um, and, and, the, and, the, and you've got to respect that this stock, you know, has been around for so long. It's had these, you know, rallies and then they get faded and then it has these rallies and then they get faded. It's trying to come back here again. Plug keeps coming back. You know, the ones I pair it with are Ballard and Fuel Cell. Um, mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I do have a small position in Fuel Cell right now. Uh, but Plug, I, I kind of like the pullback. It had to deal um, and, and, and talks, you know. They just got to figure it out. So I, I have hope for this stock, but again, it's up so much. I can't chase it here. Uh, two lower highs. This is, oh man, are you at yesterday's high yet here? Uh, no, no. First things first. Uh, you know, two lower step down seller in here after it got into the 30 handle and uh, looks like it may be present today as well. So I think 20, I, I think the high could be less than 29.57 today. Uh, if not, Next uh, daily high, 30.24. Still hasn't filled the gap from last week, and I'd like it lower, lower 26.20, 26.30. All right, let's go, let's go to – let's do Ulta. Ulta has been hanging out at the top. Let's see what the move's been doing here. I, we talked about this one last oh. week. One of the best-run companies 
out there. I mean, wow. and unbelievable that this is right near all-time highs. Considering the market, the carnage that we've ooh, had in 2022, ooh. for this to be up on the year is just nothing Forget short of Forget consumer demand. Because it's not cheap. <laughs> it's not a cheap stock either. Obviously, probably benefit of, you know, early in the year from the reopening economy, I think, to a certain yeah. extent. Uh, but, you know, well-run company. What's not to like when the thing's, you know, right near all-time highs here, too? So I'd say... You know, the, the strongest, stronger is still the weaker, weaker. The only thing is it is near all-time highs. If you're looking for things to take profits on, that's what happens. So I think they reported last week, didn't they? Yes, they did. That was yeah, that and, then the, and the rally got faded. So it's tough, but I like the company. I just don't know if I like the stock price. Yeah, way up here. I mean, this was, boom, a warning shot here on uh, Friday. Recovered on Monday. So I'm just looking. It's basically 30-point yeah, 30 uh, rally. Uh, from 404, 50% takes you 419. The high close of this rebound here is 419 and a quarter. Uh, you're above it now. Uh, you close above it. Yeah, let's let this take a shot. But it's going to fill in here. 3388, the high on Friday, 2367, your high uh, yesterday. So it's going to fill in there, but important to close above. 419 and a quarter. It's uh, it's 901 here. Turnaround so, Tuesday has uh, turned into leaky Tuesday. Tank it Tuesday. Tank it turned Tuesday. around. What tank are you talking about? <laughs> It's helped me out because I came in short. I should have been playing the turnaround Tuesday, and it's come back in. And I was like, holy, I'm actually, you may salvage this day here yet. Um, I was already writing the day off because I got biased to the short side. Don't bias yourself. Trade market neutral. Stay market neutral. Like, I was like, ah, it's a little bit short. Nope. This is turnaround Tuesday. Hurt me this morning, but coming back. All right, that's going to do it for us today. You guys can definitely go check out some tickers with Joel Alconin on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Uh, Dennis Dick, like always, is going to stay at it, do what he does best, and get into the trading chair. Um, Joel, anything else before you get on out of here? No, I mean, it's uh, right now I've, I've lowered my bar from 59.50. That was to get green on the week, and now I've, I've lowered those expectations here. I'd like to see us just hold uh, 40.50. Uh, that's mid-range on the session, and then work your way up. It kind of feels like that pre-market high is going to be your your Globex high for the day, too, whether or not we can pierce that pre-market low. Uh, not an inside day because we made that higher high, but could have an inside day based on uh, the intraday activity. So uh, glad I'm feeling better today, back in the groove, yeah. and I'll, I'll be even better tomorrow. So everyone have a good one. All right, Joe, we'll get you on out of here. Have a great one. And Dennis, have a good one also. Enjoy the new house. Enjoy the new the new uh, house with the beautiful view. I got to see that. So we got to have Joe, uh, Dennis show off a little bit of that house. It's just it's looking nice there. So shout out to Dennis. Um, did want to go ahead and do one last news um, before we wrap up today. Uh, I know that everyone was calling it out in the chat. So Lucid Group here uh, raising up to $8 billion in primary capital via one of the or more offerings over three years under a mixed shelf offering. Uh, so if you're seeing why Lucid's down, it's on this offering. And we'll continue to watch. You guys know exactly how I feel about Lucid. We'll see what happens. Will it keep coming down? I've been calling a $10 stock on Lucid for a while now. We'll see if it gets down there. And let's take a look. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Uh, Pre-Market Prep. Uh, definitely catch us a little bit later, like always, on At The Close. If you guys don't watch At The Close, that's where I go 
through the intraday's actions with Joel Alconnen. This is every day at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. I feel like you guys out there are missing out, not catching that show. Sometimes Joel has some really good levels that he calls out on that show for you guys to keep an eye out. And then, of course, come in the next day and see how that's moving. That's why I love at the close because a lot of times we catch things and then the very next morning, it's kind of doing what we were looking for. So this is why I think it's so important. I want to see you guys on at the close today. That's at 3.30 Eastern. Now coming on is live trading action with Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. Let's go see if we can do a little YOLO action, see what Zunaid is bouncing back in in the options game. I'll be looking to bounce back in the equity game. Lost a little bit last uh, yesterday. Going to bounce back today. Let's go ahead and get after this market and see what we get today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.